Hi, welcome to What is Wellness? I'm your host, Kristen O'Connor, and I have been a private chef for actors and athletes for the past 10 years, traveling pretty much all over the globe, <laughs> helping them achieve specific health goals or body goals. And now I am on a quest to really discover what is wellness and hear from experts in all different areas of wellness, even the unexpected ones like astrology and psychology and environmental sciences. And then, of course, the ones we would think of like naturopathic doctors, medical doctors, acupuncturists, Reiki specialists, and every single nook and cranny in the wellness space I could possibly find. Thanks for tuning in. Please subscribe and leave some comments. I'm super excited to have Lisa Curtis, the founder and CEO of Cooley Cooley, here with us today. She launched the leading brand pioneering sustainably sourced superfood Moringa. Have you guys heard of it? Because you're about to learn all about it. Moringa is a protein-rich leafy green that's even more nutritious than kale, if you can possibly believe it, with anti-inflammatory benefits rivaling turmeric. That's insane, you guys. Cooley Cooley has Moringa bars, powders, wellness shots, and they're all sustainably sourced from African women and other small farmers around the world. Lisa began working at Cooley Cooley while she served in the Peace Corps in Africa. Prior to being at Cooley Cooley, Lisa served as a communications director at Mosaic, where she managed a team of six to grow the company from zero to over five million invested in solar through Mosaic's online marketplace. Wow. Even more spectacular, Lisa wrote political briefings for President Obama in the White House, served as a United Nations Environmental Program Youth Advisor, and worked at an impact investment firm in India. Lisa was recognized on Forbes 30 Under 30 list and Inc. Magazine's Top 100 Female Founders list. She has been featured in numerous outlets, including New York Times, Wall Street Journal, and on MSNBC's Morning Joe. Oh, my goodness. You can learn about Cooley Cooley through their website, cooleycooleyfoods.com, and more about Lisa on her website, lisamariecurtis.com. I'm so excited to have her here today. Welcome, Lisa. So hi, Lisa. Thank you so much for coming on What is Wellness today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Um, so I'm super excited to get to just talk and hear about really like your journey into the wellness space and, you know, how you kind of arrived at Cooley Cooley and, you know, maybe like what, you know, what ignited your passion for healthy food? Yeah. So for me, you know, I have always felt very strongly that when I eat healthy food, my body feels better. Um, and just, I've always been a, a big fan of healthy food and have been a vegetarian actually since I was 12. Oh, wow. Um, and it, yeah, it's been a long, long time. Was there something um, that came about when you were 12? Like that's a pretty young age to get inspired like that. Yeah. I, I So I read a book uh, called The Jungle by Upton Sinclair, and it was actually written about kind of the, the meat packing industry like a while ago, um, and just sort of like the way that the animals are treated, the way that like the immigrant laborers were treated. And then I started doing a bunch of internet research and I was like, this hasn't changed. This is like not an industry I want to be a part of. 
Um, and then the sort of real clinchers, we, I was with my family and we drove down to LA and, you know, if you ever have gone on I-5 from Northern California to Southern California, you just yes. pass all these factory farms and it just like the smell just like permeates the car and you could just see these, these cattle packed in. And I was like, okay, that's it. I'm opting out. Um, and, you know, the thing about being the oldest child and having two younger sisters is I also convinced my two younger sisters to opt out. <laughs> so that's, that's kind actually of, really amazing. Yeah. Kind of turned my whole family vegetarian. My mom uh, sort of put a, a stick in the ground and said, okay, but you guys need to eat fish and we can do sustainably caught fish. Um, but I'm not giving up protein, you know, or all together. So fi- right. fish, we all to this day eat some fish. That's amazing. Yeah. And your, your, your dad too. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody. Wow. I mean, they now, now that they don't have kids, like they'll eat chicken and other stuff sometimes, but, um, we're, yeah, I turned all my whole family, almost vegetarian, I would say. That's really incredible. And and what a 12-year-old to read such an intense book. I mean. It was a very intense book. It's <laughs> <laughs> really incredible. So then as you grew up, you, you know, did you start feeling better when you were eating vegetarian or how was that as you were kind of like getting through your adolescence and into your actual career space? Yeah. I, you know, I find sometimes people are like, I don't understand how to eat vegetarian or how to eat vegan. Like, don't you miss meat? I'm like, no, but like vegetables are amazing. Like have you, there's so many of them. You can try so many different things. Um, so I don't, don't feel like I really miss it. It definitely made me feel like I had a lot of energy and, um, you know, I always played a ton of different sports and never felt like I was really lacking in protein. Like I've always loved nuts and lentils and beans and, um, all, all those foods. I, I think the interesting thing for me was, you know, growing up in the Bay area and like, you know, having great co-ops and natural food stores all over the place. There's just like so much access to vegetarian food. And yes. then after college joining the Peace Corps and suddenly being, you know, in a small rural village and like not having access to a lot of different food stuff. Like my diet was mostly rice and like pasta. Um, <laughs> Where were you located at that point? So I, I went to Peace Corps Niger in West Africa um, oh, and cool. was in a very small village. There was about 2000 people in my village. Um, and yeah, especially the first couple months where I like didn't know how to get to the market and like buy food that was like farther away. I was just like, oh man, I feel terrible. Just didn't, you know, my body felt like it really wasn't getting enough nutrients. And that, that's actually what led me to Moringa. I was um, working in my village's health center and friends with a few nurses there. And I just started telling them, like, I'm so tired all the time. I just, my body doesn't feel good. I don't I feel like I'm not re- eating the right stuff. Um, and they pulled these leaves off a tree and they mixed it into this popular West African peanut snack called Cooly Cooly and said, you know, try some Cooly Cooly. This will make you feel better. Um, ah. and yeah, it was, it was, Wait, it was hold awesome. on a second. Hold on a second. I did not know that that's how Cooley Cooley got its name a and B. I didn't know that that was a West African snack. I went to God, I traveled to Ghana, but I didn't. And we went to a Moringa farm, but we didn't hear the story. So what, how, I, and also, you know, I know when I tried Moringa really like off the plant, 
it was, you know, I know it's harvested when they're kind of immature. They're the smaller leaves and they taste super spicy. They're, they're really, really delicious. And I know, you know, in West Africa and Moringa and uh, India is where Moringa originates, right? Or it would actually, it originates both from Africa, um, Ethiopia specifically, there's like a varietal of Moringa that was born and raised in there. I don't know. <laughs> variety of plants gets raised there. And then um, another varietal of Moringa that's from the Himalayan region. Oh, um, got so it. It's been all over Africa and all over India for a long time. But you're yeah. right. A lot of it comes from India. Yeah. And when I was in Ghana, they um, this Moringa farm was, was uh, attached to a school. And mm-hmm. the women at the school would make, there was an outdoor kitchen and they had huge, they would dig huge, um, like basically holes in the ground to make a, a fire and put this big kettle on top, massive, massive iron kettle. And they would do these huge pots, two pots, one of rice and one of a Moringa stew. And they would eat that almost every day. So whatever the kids ate was actually grown on the farm. And it was this massive, expansive Moringa farm. And then in addition, they had a vegetable garden. So we got to have that stew and it was so delicious, but yeah, I didn't see this application with the peanuts. So what, what, how did they make it? Did they dry it? Like what, what was that? Yeah. So, so in, in my village, it was most commonly, um, Moringa was either, like you said, kind of mixed into stews and sauces, um, or people would dry the leaves and then powder them and add it into this peanut snack. And then often add some different spices. And um, it was super delicious. And that, that's like what I started eating every day. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is giving me so much more energy. Like, what is this plant? Um, and that's really where I came up with the idea of like, well, you know, maybe I could help them sell this in the U.S. Like this is such an amazing resource. And I kept hearing from them of like, you know, we want a way to earn an income and we want access to the U.S. market and we want those opportunities. And so that's that's how it all started for me. Um, that is food. amazing, Lisa. W- w- the um, the peanut stack. I know I'm like really stuck on this because I'm fascinated. No. And I'm gonna actually recreate it in my own kitchen, like ASAP. Yes, <laughs> I want to with my Cooly Cooly Moringa. I'm so excited. But was it savory? It sounds like it was a savory snack. Yeah, they did do it savory. Um, and it's you know it's funny you ask. So when I got home, I kept trying to recreate it here. And we actually did when I was like, okay, I'm going to launch Moringa onto the market. Um, the original idea was to make this coolie coolie snack and I found that a lot of people just didn't really know what to do with it, with this like sort of green peanutty thing. It didn't like <laughs> make sense to them. Um, and it seemed a lot harder to get people to consume like a savory snack like that. Um, and so that's kind of where we pivoted a little bit and we're like, well, why don't we try it in a bar format? Cause everyone knows like bars are nutritious. Like, you know, you can add in like dates and cherries and chocolate and like make it taste really amazing. Um, and so we kind of pivoted from savory to more sweet nutrition bars. Um, and that and was our first product. First, 
Yeah, I was going to ask that. So that was your first product was the bar. Okay. Yeah. And then, cause I know you sell Moringa. When I started buying your products, I was buying the Moringa. Um, actually, I actually started with the individual packets because I travel so much yeah. and I, I'm such a nutrition freak. Like, you know, it sounds like you are, you know, and I, I needed to have something green with me on the go all the time. And that's the thing mm-hmm. that you cannot find. Like you can't yeah. find products or things that have green and like super nutrient dense things in them. So I would take those packets, but I thought originally that you guys just, you know, source the Moringa. So how did you get to that point where you were actually like, cause I mean, we're, we, we're starting a product company and we're using your Moringa. So now you've become, I know I'm so excited, but now you've become, um, you know, a vendor basically of Moringa. So how did that process happen? Yeah. You know, a lot of it was really about the impact. And so, you know, we started sourcing from farmers. Originally we're trying to do it in Niger where I'd done the Peace Corps and found they like sort of were like, it just felt really hard for them to scale up and to meet the U S quality requirements. And so we, we kind of put that on pause so that we actually hopefully are going to be getting Moringa again from them soon. We're still, still working with them. Um, and we ended up finding this really amazing women's cooperative in Northern Ghana um, that was already kind of scaled in a sense that they were starting to export Moringa just to like one store in New York. Um, and basically, you know, we met them and we were like, you know, we we would love to work with you. Um, and they were like, well, we'd love, you know, kind of a U.S. arm. Like we know how to grow Moringa. We don't really know how to like sell things in the U.S. And so it was just kind of this perfect partnership. Um, and what we found is that, you know, we were using a, a decent amount of Moringa in our bars. It's like a basically equivalent of like half a cup of leafy greens per bar. Um, wow. But they really wanted a way to sell more Moringa. And we're like, well, maybe let's test it as a powder because you can you can obviously if you're just selling the powder, you can sell so much more and have such a larger impact. Um, and so long, long story short, we tested out on our website and the like week two after we had launched on our website, we got featured on MSNBC's Morning Joe. And it like literally almost broke the website. It was crazy. It was this amazing opportunity. Yeah. That and instead, insane. it was totally bonkers. And instead of ordering bars, which was a product we had lots of and were in stock, everyone ordered the powder. And we had like 400 of these little jars of Moringa powder. We didn't have enough. So oh we, my God. <laughs> took us like months to like get to fulfill all these orders. Um, but I think people understood that we were, we were very small and we were trying to scale up. That's, that's how we were like, okay, there's demand for Moringa powder. Clearly the the world wants this. Um, yeah. And now it's our best selling product. That's so fantastic. And I mean, so obviously you and I know how nutritious Moringa is, but I think a lot of people are still learning about Moringa for the first time. So can you explain what Moringa is and what makes it so important for our health? Yeah. So a good way to think of Moringa, is it's sort of like a multivitamin in a leaf. It kind of gives your body everything it needs to feel good. You've got calcium, iron, vitamins, complete plant protein. Um, it's all jam packed into this little tiny leaf. And a lot of people find that it gives them natural energy um, because it's really replenishing your, you know, iron, your vitamins and, and giving your body what it needs to feel good. So, 
um, you know, I find, I mean, you're, you're the chef, you're the expert, but, um, I find it's really great as like a morning latte or I'll add some moringa along with some almond butter to my oatmeal. Um, and it's, it tastes kind of like matcha. So it's easy to mix in, in a bunch of different things. That's really cool. And it has protein in it also, right? Yeah. And it has a complete plant protein. So it has all your essential amino acids, um, which is rare for plants, you know, quinoa is the other one that people think about yeah. uh, for having that. I was going to say people attribute that, like people now know, cause we've kind of reiterated that enough that quinoa is a complete protein, but I think it's very rare for, well, it is very rare for green, you know, to, to also possess that, which is really amazing. I mean, for me, I, I have moringa every single day. I, I use this, I have a smoothie in the morning and I've had the same smoothie every day for, I, I want to say about 10 years <laughs> and I put wow. moringa in it. Um, and I've put a lot of different superfoods and I've been making this smoothie for my clients as well every day for the past, you know, probably eight years. And, you know, so I, I am a huge advocate of Moringa in terms of its health benefits. You know, people also, you know, know obviously about kale and Mm -hmm. kale can grow locally. So, you know, that's something that, um, you know, I know people are a lot more familiar with, but I love that Moringa even though it's a more global product because we source it from West Africa primarily, um, you know, it also supports a community in West Africa and, you know, with yours, you're talking about, uh, you know, this woman's co-op. So can you tell us more about that and, you know, how that supports, how your purchases support that community? Yeah. So we, source all of our Moringa directly from small farmers. So we're really maximizing the price that we can pay. And we work primarily with African women. Um, And, you know, I give them all the credit. They're amazing entrepreneurs, um, amazing farmers and and partners. Um, And they do the really hard work of like growing the like highest quality Moringa um, in this like beautiful red rich soil. So you're getting, you know, all the great, as many like vitamins and minerals as you possibly can, um, and then processing it into a fine green powder. Um, and then we then get that powder here in the U S and we, we sell it as, you know, just a raw organic powder also sell it as as shakes and bars and smoothies. Um, and they get that income and, you know, are able to do all sorts of amazing things. Like for a lot of them, it's kind of the extra income that allows them to buy better food for their families or, allows them to send their kids to school or, you know, kind of opens a lot of different opportunities that as, you know, subsistence farmers, they wouldn't otherwise have access to. Yeah, it's wonderful. And I think it's such an empowering thing for women um, to be able to have that independence also of having a direct income, you know, to them. When Mm -hmm. I was in Ghana, we, the Moringa farm was in, uh, it was like about two hours outside of Kumasi, but mm-hmm. on our way back down to Accra, where we, um, were leave, you know, flying in and out of, we stopped by this factory that turned the leaves into the powder. And one of the things I was asking was how you retain the nutrient value, because, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of times the pro like in a process of heating or get, you know, drying to a point of, um, you know, being able to take something that's 
fresh and turn into a powder can sometimes alter that nutrient value. So how do you guys address that and what happens in that drying process? Yeah, it's a really good question. Um, and I wonder if you visited one of our Moringa partners. Who Maybe I That would be so cool. Uh, it, it's small. It's a small Moringa world. Um, but yeah, so what, what our partners do is they often will use solar dryers and do kind of low heat over time, um, five to six hours often. So you're not raising the temperature too hot, but you're sort of, you know, cooking it or um, low heating it enough that you're you're killing off any bad bacteria um, and also you know drying out the the powder um, and so that's yeah that's really how to it, it's a balance and it's tricky to do but I think you know we we work with a lot of people who've really perfected the art of this perfect moringa powder yeah that is really interesting the because I wasn't even thinking about that but the the ability to have it be high enough where it does kill the bacteria, but low enough that it does, that it doesn't, yeah, alter the, (laughs) that's really tricky, but you know, in, in the cacao world, you know, there's, they, um, when the cacao is harvested, it has that white goo around it. And, you know, Mm. it's fermented first out in the open, usually underneath. Um, I don't know, it's done like burlap or, you know, different things like that. And then air dry, a lot of times it's air dried and that kind of recreating that sort of natural process is probably usually the ultimate, you know, way to retain those nutrients. That's really cool. Um, do you guys address through your company, any sort of environmental, um, efforts or, you know, how, how does that come into play? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the cool thing about sourcing tree leaves is we are planting, actively planting trees. Um, and Moringa trees, you can harvest three to four times a year. And the tree keeps growing, uh, keeps you know sucking up CO2. Um, and we did a study with UC Berkeley about a year and a half ago, um, where they looked at all of our operations and um, all the you know trees that were growing through our supply chain and found that we're likely carbon neutral, if not slightly carbon positive, which is very wow. cool. Wow. Um, and the other thing they found, which kind of blew my mind, is I sort of expected that like our biggest use of carbon would be transporting Moringa, you know, from rural Uganda to California. Um, and what they found was that actually because we're doing it in such large quantities of like, you know, full shipping containers at a time, that wasn't the main CO2 issue it was our packaging um so one of the things we just did I know right and I think it's actually for pretty common in a lot of food companies that packaging is the the main issue with carbon people don't think about it but it is um so if you now if you buy our moringa today you'll notice that we have a new packaging and it's post-consumer recycled plastic so it means that like, you know, this year alone will save the equivalent of like 40,000 plastic water bottles, um, which makes me feel better about <laughs> the environmental impact we're having. That's tremendous. So, so the plastic that you use for the packaging is made from plastic water bottles basically, or, and it's repurposed. Yeah. yeah repurposed plastic. Wow. That's absolutely incredible. And it still and it, it's has not a hundred percent. I will say because it's hard. You can't use fully all recycled plastic to make right. the materials. 
Um, but we got it as high as we, we possibly could. That's incredible. And then can the consumers then also recycle it afterwards, like post consuming? <laughs> so, you know, that is a good point. Um, for our shops, those bottles, you absolutely can. Um, for most food products that come in pouches or any sort of like food grade linings, you actually can't. Um, and that's why for us, it was so key that we use post-consumer recycled plastic. Um, and if you look at, you know, even like any energy bar on the market, um, those you have to throw away, like pretty much every packaged item that you buy, it's really, really hard to recycle that because of the food grade lining inside of it. Um, yeah, I, I, I think this is one of the things that sort of burst my bubble when I wanted to start a food product company, you know, you have all these lofty goals and, you know, they're true and authentic of wanting to, you know, we always say for our company that we want to place equal emphasis on human and environmental health, because that is, you can't get a healthy product without addressing the environment first, because that's where your food is grown. Um, but really, you know, you have major, major barriers. Like you have to put your food in a food safe container, you know, something Mm -hmm. that is wrapped that makes your food safe for people to eat. Um, it's the same dilemma as like, okay, well we have to kill the bacteria and we have to retain the nutrients. So there's always some kind of compromise, but I think what's really amazing is that, like you said, you've already made such huge strides in terms of being able to use this plastic that's post-consumer recyclable material. And that's a massive, massive step in the right direction. There's scientists and amazing smart people working on this all the time. So we are definitely getting there, but it is a struggle. I mean, it's something that we really, you know, have spent probably way too many hours of obsessing over. (laughs) And I think it's, it's something that, you know, every person struggles with in their own way. It's like, I want to travel and see the world, but also like, airplane flying is is not great for things. And, you know, for business, it's like, I want to sell this amazing, healthy product. But in order to do that, I have to distribute it. And there's like carbon inherent in that. And I think, you know, we're my goal is to always constantly figure out the right balance and optimize for okay, what is like the highest impact that also makes sense, given kind of my business or my my personal goals. And I think that's part of the exciting part of being a social enterprise is you have to, you have to think about both things. Um, What's the social impact and what's the business impact? Yeah. And I think it's really important to sort of share that with people to help people really understand how much effort and how much work you're putting into that to really address those, those concerns and Mm -hmm. um, being responsible as a producer is really amazing. And it creates, in my mind, it makes your product just infinitely more valuable because you care that much. I mean, truly, you know, I will be forever buying Cooley Cooley Moringa (laughs) the rest of my, the rest of my day, the rest of my Moringa days. (laughs) Which hopefully are many, many more. (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) Which is so, so important. So yeah, I mean, that's really amazing. Um, I, yeah, I personally appreciate that very much. So, yeah. So do you have a favorite Moringa recipe that you use? I know you have a, a 10 month old daughter and, you know, I'm sure you, you know, you said that you, uh, make oatmeal and different things every day. So what is your favorite Moringa recipe? 
Yeah. I mean, I will say I've two that I'm using a lot right now. Um, so the first one is just like, it's sort of my version of your smoothie. Like every morning I have oatmeal, I have it with moringa, I have, you know, chia seeds, slack seeds, almond butter. Um, I often will add some goji berries or other things like a little superfood oatmeal. And that's like my perfect way to start the day. For some reason, I like warm things in the morning. Yeah. Um, and then my second one is uh, lactation cookies. So moringa is really, really great for lactation. Um, it's used by women all over the world. It's actually called mother's milk in Senegal um, because of that. And so I make a ton of lactation cookies, both for myself. And now that I'm having friends who are just starting to have kids, like making a bunch for them. And, and you can make some really, really delicious, like chocolate chip cookies that are like this fun shade of green and they taste incredible. And they're so great at helping you to improve your milk supply. I love that so much. And that's super crazy that you just said that because my business partner just had her first baby. And oh, I send you the recipe. Yeah, please do. Because I'm going, I literally wrote it down before our call, like make her lactation cookies and I'm going to send them to her because yeah, I know that that like I've made, I've made them for my friends before, but I didn't, I put, you know, sesame seeds and flax seeds. Cause I knew I like Google them. I, I, I don't have kids. So I didn't know, but I Googled it, but I had no idea that Moringa was so great for that. That's incredible. It is. Yeah. I will send you the recipe and feel free. I mean, you're the chef and feel free to improve upon it. <laughs> I'm sure it's wonderful as but... it. I can't wait to try it. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, well, as we wrap up, I, I asked this question to every one of my guests, but um, what is wellness to you personally? Wellness to me is having the energy and the health to live the life I want to, to be able to run, to keep up with my kid, to work, to, to do everything and feel good about my body. Um, and so I think, you know, putting the things we put in our body are so crucial to how we feel. What you eat is, is how you feel. Yeah, I agree. I couldn't agree more. I can definitely tell the difference when, you know, I'm in a situation where I can't eat as well as I like to for a few days and my energy definitely drops. I feel sleepier and less productive, less able to concentrate. Yeah. And, you know, it is really such a big deal. And yeah, that's why I love what you're doing and making products that make achieving that much easier for people and more convenient. Um, so I really look forward to what you guys continue to do in the future and, you know, just very excited to be able to keep chatting and, and be alongside yeah. your journey. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. And so lovely to chat with you. Um, you too, and be in touch soon. Thank you, Lisa. And thank you guys all for listening. Please don't forget to subscribe. Leave some comments if you want. Next up is Amanda Blair talking to us about relationships. She is a relationship expert and coach, and you're not going to want to miss this one.